Praise the Lord. Well, you know, Hanukkah is also the festival of light. We've been picking that up as the morning's gone on. And I just want to take us through some of the scriptures, just a very simple walk through some of the scriptures today so that we can see the relevance of the light. And so I'm calling it my journey through the light. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. This is the first mention of light. And Genesis 1 verse 2 says, And the earth was was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Everything changed when God spoke out, let there be light. This is the first mention of light. And it came and it took away the void on the earth. It changed everything. And I want us to connect with that today with ourselves too, that when the light came to you, Jesus, the gospel, it wiped out a void in your life. We all had a void in our life before we were born again and came and gave our lives to Jesus, our saviour. And the next time we see this light is in Exodus as a pillar of light for the Israelites. I won't turn to it, but Exodus 13, verse 21. We see here the light was the path to freedom. On this journey of light, it was the path to freedom. It led the way to lead God's people out of bondage into freedom, into liberty. The path of freedom. In Exodus 14, we see it as the pillar of light again for the Israelites. It came as a cloud and light and fire. And we have this incredible account of the Lord moving this divine pillar. And that one side was light for his people and the other side was darkness. And so the enemy was plunged into darkness And, you know, you don't get up to too much when you're plunged into darkness. They couldn't go and fight or do anything because they were plunged into darkness. But, you know, I want to see that light, that pillar for God's people was the pillar of protection. Here is light coming as a protection, the pillar of protection for his people. Now, turn with me to Psalm 4. We have here the psalmist... Psalm 4, verse 6 says, There be many that say, Who will show us any good? Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. We see really here the psalmist saying, I want to know your presence. I want to know what it is to know that anointing and presence on me. I want that shining on me. Countenance is a beautiful word. And in the Hebrew, it means the head that turns. So it's like God turns and faces us and we receive his anointing and his presence and that joy that can come upon us because we know that. The psalmist really was asking to bask. Is basking in his presence when we know his countenance. It can be in a time of private prayer. It can be in a time when... We're celebrating the Lord together, but it's a wonderful thing to ask the Lord, can I feel your presence? And sometimes we know when we're busy in ourselves, 
We don't necessarily be aware of his presence, but we do need to find times when we would find that we would want to come before him, perhaps on our own, and say, you know, I want you to turn your face onto me and I want to feel your countenance. I want to feel your presence. I want to know. I want to allow your glory to come and shine on me. I want you to touch me with this countenance. An awesome thing, but it's something that we need and it's something we need to desire and it needs to be something that we ask for. The, the, the walk of the Christian isn't just going to church and singing and going home. It's a daily walk. It's knowing him. And look at the outcome of this. It's most amazing in verse 7. It says, Lord, verse 6, Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time that their corn and their wine was increased. Now, you know, to, for people who work the land, to be working fields and to be working vineyards is a lot of hard work. And when the harvest is taken in, when they see the quality of the harvest, there is much gladness and joy. And because it's been such hard work, it's either going to be a year of prosperity or the crops aren't as good. It's a huge thing. And here the psalmist is saying, this joy is more than when I've seen these people bring in the harvest. There's more joy on me to be in your countenance than there is in this wonderful time of bringing up the harvest. I thought that really blessed me. A heart so full of gladness. And that gladness, in verse 7, thou hast put gladness in my heart, is joy and pleasure. You've put joy and pleasure in my heart, and it's greater than the joy and the abundance of when the harvests come in. I think that says a lot. It says a lot to me. Now, Psalm 89, there, the, the, the light brought that joy. It brought the encounter with God. Here we're moving on to Psalm 89. We've, we've got a, I think we sing this. I don't know if we, we've sung it recently. I don't know if it's a song that Jane does, but it's, it's a lovely verse of scripture we've put to music. Verse 15 of Psalm 89. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thine countenance. There's the countenance again. Walking in the glory, walking in the presence. In thy name shall they rejoice all the day, and in thy righteousness shall they be exalted. I was so blessed when I looked at this verse, because do you know what? There's hidden in this joyful sound is the one who is the intercessor, the prayer warrior, the worshipper will know his countenance. Walk in the light of thy countenance, know and discern. Hear this joyful sound is an acclamation of joy or a battle cry. There's the intercessor, the battle cry. And when we blow the shofar, it's all about spiritual warnings, spiritual warfare, Every different shofar blowing is a different sound, as people who blow shofars will tell you. I am certainly not an expert on it. But it is a battle cry. At times, it is a battle cry. It means the clangor of trumpets. There's your shofar. Rejoicing and shouting. So those people who know a joyful sound, those people who worship and praise God and intercede and get into spiritual warfare and take pleasure in praise and worship, 
not just singing songs. That's why I often say we're not just singing songs. That's where we've lost our way, apart from it coming from our depth of our being. It is warfare. It's pushing the enemy back. It tells us in Isaiah that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. He's dwelling in our praise. That's why it's important for us to put a a lot of effort into that, not physical effort, spiritual effort. We need to say we come into the house of God. We haven't just showed up here. We've come to worship him and to praise him. We've come to give of our hearts to him. And I challenge each one of us, you know, do we come and enter into that time? Do we really realize how much God wants us to worship him? Oh, he loves all your good works. He loves all your servanthood, but he just wants you to come and worship him. (laughs) He says, I want to hear your love, just same as a husband and a wife would be saying, I want to hear and know your love. And God's saying, when you worship me, you express your love to me. I know we've had a lot of emphasis here in this ministry about praise and worship because I've seen lives transformed when people praise and worship. And it's something to just remind ourselves of each day. It's not just when we come together, Lord, I just want to sing your praises. So there's spiritual warfare in this worship. There's the watchmen, the people who are keeping a watch on what's happening in the world to know and look for the signs. You heard that man say on that YouTube today that we just saw. You know, if we're not abreast with what is going on and with the Lord's feast, we're not going to know when Jesus is coming again. And where it says you will not know the time and season, uh, every all the Christians have switched off with that. Oh, well, we don't know the times and the seasons, so it doesn't matter. We just hang around till he shows up. No, fools because of their transgressions. Because it doesn't mean, when it says the season, it doesn't mean autumn. When it says the time, it doesn't mean 10 o'clock. It's much deeper, and we need to wake up and get this light, this revelation light, and start to look in the word start to feed on people's messages where we're going to learn the depth of Jesus coming back. Who's waiting for him to come back? Okay, but there's a lot of things that got to go on before he comes back. We've got to get our act together and we've got to start telling people about Jesus just for one. So there's a spiritual walk that will be flooded with God's glory if we ask him. And then we see the psalmist mentions the lovely, that scripture that we know so well, Psalm 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto thy feet and a light unto my path. Here's the light bringing spiritual light into our lives. So we need to ask the Lord every time we pick up our Bible, say, Lord, I want a lamp and a light. I want to see what's going on here. Holy Spirit, come and show me, come and teach me because we have this spiritual light. And so we need it to be able to live our lives and to be able to understand the word of God. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Proverbs 6 verse 23 says, the law is light. The law are just the commandments of God. Don't let us get caught up with, oh, we don't live under the law. That man explained today, unless we've got the Old Testament, there's no way we can understand the new. Which is why, you know, we're all um, seeing a lot of flaky Christians around. 
because they don't know the depth of the word and that's the foundation and then the New Testament builds on it and is fulfilled. So Lord, show us this light on your word that we might know for our daily walk. So here we have light for our daily walk with the Lord and we can ask him and he will reveal it. Psalm 18, this is also a lovely one with some depth that we can just hear afresh today. Psalm 18, verse 28. For thou wilt light, wilt light my candle, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by thee I have run through a troop, and by my God have I leapt over a wall. For thou wilt light my candle. That means to be enlightened, to illuminate. Oh, and by the way, on that lovely first verse when God said, let there be light, in the Hebrew that means to illuminate, but it also means happiness. Isn't that wonderful? That's why it's lovely to know the depth. And you don't have to be a Hebrew scholar. You only have to get a Strong's Concordance. I'm not a Hebrew scholar by any means. But just think about that. I'm backtracking here, but it's just something I don't want to miss. So the day that the light came, God spoke out the light. He didn't come and make it with his hands. He spoke out about the light. And when the light arrived and just wiped out the void of darkness on the earth, happiness arrived as well. Somebody look excited? I mean, happiness arrived. That's amazing. So whenever you're feeling in doom and gloom, you have to say, do you know what? Happiness arrived Right at the beginning of creation, get your act together. <laughs> talk to yourself. Do you ever talk to yourself? Tell yourself to get your act together? To enlighten our darkness here. Will enlighten our darkness, will illuminate. Now listen to this. There is wonderful depth here of deliverance in this word. It's, this darkness is ignorance, misery, destruction, death and sorrow. A horrible, negative list. But this is what the world is full of. People in the church feeling like this. This verse is saying, this light, light, this candle will wipe out spiritual oppression. These are all the things that Jesus came and fulfilled. He came and fulfilled all that. So it's saying when the, the candle, that light with the Lord, it will deliver us from spiritual oppression. So there we have all that, that wonderful scripture in the Old Testament. And then what happens? Well, you know what happens. John chapter 8. Jesus comes. And again with that brother on the YouTube sharing today about all the huge connection between the feasts and what Jesus was doing and what he was saying. Here we have a perfect example, probably one of the loveliest examples that can really thrill your heart if it doesn't thrill your heart, ask the Lord to baptise you in the Holy Ghost right now. Because you'll get some joy that you probably can't cope with. John 8 verse 12, Jesus spake again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Do you know where he spoke that out? at the Feast of Tabernacle, standing by the huge menorah. That they thought the candles on the menorah, that was the light. And then Jesus stood there and they probably thought, who does he think he is? 
You know, we've been worshipping here all this time. This is the light for the Jewish people. And he stands there with great confidence and anointing and says, I am the light of the world. What an amazing connection when we know, when we study the scriptures and know. He said this at the Feast of Tabernacles. And God says he will come and tabernacle with us as individuals. He will come and dwell. I love that word, tabernacle. And here we are at Hanukkah, so I better be quiet. But it says he comes and dwells with us. He comes and lives with us. You will not walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life. Is anybody excited? And then how many Gentiles do we have in the room today? The majority of you are Gentiles. Oh, some people, I don't know if they know. Do they know? <laughs> Paul came to help us Gentiles come from darkness to light. Acts 26, verse 18. To open the eyes. Jesus said, this is what I'm sending, sending you to do. Verse 17. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God. This is Jesus saying this. This is deliverance. This is what he came to do. Oh, do people get delivered today? Well, you know, I think it's quite clear here that they do, and I know many people who would say, God has set me free, God has healed me, God has delivered me. Jesus said this is why he came. He said, I'm going to send you to the Gentiles that you will, they will have the light come from darkness to light and from power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. What a wonderful day that is when we receive the forgiveness of sins. feels like someone's taking a ton weight off your back. And inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith, that is in me. Jesus came, he sent Paul on, a, on the commission to tell us about the light and in 1 John 1, 7, it tells us that we walk in the light. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Don't get out of fellowship. Scripture's telling us all these things come together. They're all important. We need to be walking in the light when we're in fellowship. How does that verse tie up? You know, if you stay at a fellowship long enough, the light will dim. Because do you know what? We all keep each other as coals of a living fire. We keep each other walking in the light. And in 1 Peter 2.9, it says he's called us out into the light, out of darkness into the light. I'll uh, read this to you, Matthew 5, verse 16. This is for us to hear and apply. Go and shine as lights in the world, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Go and shine and let them see your good works. That doesn't mean people are walking around preening about what they're doing and full of pride. This is what I do, you know. No, it's just going about your daily business and going the extra mile with people and letting people see that you're happy to go the extra mile. Letting people see that you're available for them. Letting people know the love of Jesus. And we will shine. Could it be any simpler? If we walk the walk and talk the talk, <laughs> and if we just be ourselves, just be ourselves, we will shine as lights and people will see his glory. You see, we want to complicate all this, but it's quite simple, really. And we don't want to take the glory for ourselves with what we do for the things of the Lord. 
And in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, I'm going to finish now on this one. Let's read it together and then we'll just end it with prayer. These are beautiful scriptures. I wonder if the Holy Spirit anoints them even more this week because that's what we're looking at. I think so. Just think, this is absolutely, this festival of lights is shed abroad in the earth. Jewish people and people who know God in the church, who understand the relevance of the Jewishness of Jesus. As he said, we don't want to go back and uh, go back into that legalism. We don't want to become uh, people who are, are into Judaism. No, we need to be into Jesus and respect and know and love um, the Jewish foundation that God has made for us so that we can understand him. And somebody said to me a long time ago, you know, if people give you a hard time about wanting to keep the feast and understand the Jewishness of Jesus, you can just say, well, do you know what? Jesus is my saviour, he's the man I follow. And if I look at the feast and if I celebrate the feast, I'm going to know him more. I just want to know him more, it'll help me know him more. And I often add to that, to the amusement of most, if I came from Hungary, I would want to go and do a trip to Hungary and taste some goulash. Simple as that, isn't it? For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let's receive that now in our hearts. I'll read it to you again. Perhaps some of you just want to lift up your hands as an expression to the Lord and say, this is what I want to receive. I want to receive this prayer. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts. Oh, Father God, we want you to shine in our hearts. Oh, Lord, we so want you to shine in our hearts. Transform us, Lord, that we might shine for you. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we ask you now, that we would just not be another person walking down the street. But we would be that person walking down the street that's different, that has something to offer a broken world. Father, as we dedicate ourselves afresh today at the Festival of Lights, it is our heartfelt prayer that we will shine as lights Father, show us anything that we need to move out of the way or bring into our lives that will help us know your countenance, God's face turning on us as a light that we might in our little way make a change in people's lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.